Salam folks and welcome to Mecca Collective. On today's episode of Muslim Entrepreneurs, we'll have the honor of speaking with Jaheen Tanvir to explore his entrepreneurial journey. Jaheen is, and please brace yourself for this long bio, a public speaking expert, the CEO of the Australian School of Entrepreneurship, a three-time TEDx speaker, a UNICEF Young Ambassador, a 2022 finalist uh, for the Young Australian of the Year Award, the 2021 Young Canberra Citizen of the Year for Individual Community Service, guest lecturer at the University of Melbourne on youth mental health, and a regular media commentator on platforms such as ABC News, The Drum, Channel 10 and Channel 9. To top it all off, uh, Jaheen has also worked with the various other organizations such as the United Nations, Oak Tree, ANU, the Red Cross, uh, University of Sydney, the WHO, um, the Department of Health, and also has done a bit of freelance journalism uh, in his spare time, I would say. And all of that while studying optometry. And I guess that's just to have a bit of a certification from the parents that there's going to be potentially a normal job down the line. Last year, Jahin founded Breathe, an edtech social enterprise uh, delivering public speaking education, which was uh, then acquired by ASE Group only within a few months. And the most impressive thing about all of this is that Jahin is only 22 years old. MashaAllah. Jahin, Salaam Uh Thank you so much for joining us. Walaikum Asalaam and thank you for having me. Honestly, anytime somebody reads my bio or any form of introduction, it just makes me so awkward. I don't know why, but thank you. Thank you for the kind Look, words. I took it out of your own profile, so maybe you can adjust it yourself or maybe you can slow down a bit, buddy, because um, <laughs> like, I don't want to know how your bio is going to look like when you're like 30 or something. I guess uh, to start off with, Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you how you got started. I imagine there was a moment in time when you decided to actively become who you are today. Just tell us a little bit about how you got to that moment in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my entire journey is quite zigzaggy, but to sort of briefly summarize it in a um, in a nutshell, I was born in Bangladesh, was born in Taka, Bangladesh, moved to this country with my mom and dad in 2003. And so lived here in Western Sydney, grew up in Punchbowl. You know, I am, as you say, from the area. So this is where my upbringing was. And I went to an Islamic school as well growing up. And so for me, a lot of my upbringing and focus from my parents, from my community was education. Get a great education, get something that's respectable, get married, that's success. And for me, that was what I was surrounded by. That was what I believed in. And so that was me all throughout high school of just trying to get good grades, be book smart, because that's all that mattered. And doing that led me to a lot of, you know, lacking in skills such as you know, communication, such as public speaking. I was a very quiet kid. It wasn't because I didn't have a lot to say. It was because I was just afraid to talk. I had a lot of social anxiety because I was just afraid of judgment. I was afraid of being a migrant, all these things. But I was never taught how to break out of that shell. I was just taught to just be book smart, get good grades, you'll succeed in life. A very one-dimensional sort of yeah, you know, framework yeah. in life. And then I sort of got into year 10, year 11, where I was like, okay, I'm doing well at school, my grades, but I also want to break out of my shell. I don't like being the quiet kid in class because my aspirations since I was a kid has always been I want to be someone who's influential. Mm. I don't know what career that is. I don't know what d diagonal I had to take with my career. I just want to be influential in some capacity. Mm. I just want to matter. Mm. 
And so for me, I realized if I wanted to be influential, I had to learn to speak. I had to learn to communicate. I had to learn to break out of my shell. Absolutely. And so year 11, year 12, final year of high school, sort of tried to break out of that shell, got a good ATAR, started to do optometry. Nice. Now, a lot of people in my life ask me, I know, but it's like a lot of people ask me, why did I choose to do optometry? Mm. Alhamdulillah, I'm very happy. Yeah. You know, I think it's very respectable. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. But my motivations and intentions mm. to do optometry was always, mum wanted me to do it. <laughs> it was, it's a safe degree. It's respectable. I think a lot of people can <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anybody who's a migrant, anybody who's, you know, coming from an ethnic community, it's one of those things where we put it on a pedestal. And so optometry was that thing mm. for me. And I was like, okay, let me do it at uni. And uh, as you know, I moved to Canberra yeah. um, where we met. I mean, I hated Canberra at the beginning because yeah. culturally it's so different yeah. compared to Sydney. Yeah. But now I get to meet people like you and I'm very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to Canberra to study optometry and it was a massive cultural shock. Mm. You know, I grew up in Western Sydney, which as you know, there's a massive Muslim community, multicultural community. 100%. Go to Canberra and to put it bluntly, it's very white. <laughs> Barely anyone looked like me. I was afraid. Went to uni, came back home, went to my casual job yeah. uh, in retail, came back home. That's it. That was my life. And I was miserable. Mm. First year uni for me was probably one of the worst years of my life because I didn't know how to talk. I was coming from a very multicultural community yeah. i didn't know what to do yeah. so how old were you at that stage like 19 i assume 18, 18 I, was, yeah. I was 18 yeah so 18 is when i was going that yeah. miserable period which a lot of people go I to think, yeah, i think yeah that's to quite school. common because you you confront mm. new um new environments and you're trying to like define yourself in the best way possible <laughs> so it's so yeah. so natural and i can say that happened to me as well 100 percent. but i guess it's what you do with it right for me again it was just trying to break out of that shell i was like i need friends <laughs> more than anything i want to meet people i want to you know build my career so what i started doing and this is what i owe my entire career to and we'll get to that later i started volunteering mm. because nobody would give me a job i had no experience and i realized the only way i could learn soft skills like knowing to, how to talk to people how to manage money how to work in a team was to volunteer and it's doing something with nothing in return, but that's the only way I found it. And so what I did, and I tell this in all my keynote speeches, wherever I talk, I sent about 300 to 350 emails just to random organizations that, that had the word youth or healthcare or education in their title. Just same email, like, hey, I'm Jaheen, I'm 18, I moved to um, Canberra, can I volunteer? Props. That's yeah. it. Well, that explains, that explains the long list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hustled and the re reality is like most people ghosted me. Most people I didn't receive a response from. I'd say out of 300 to 350, 50 got back to me. Very small amount because as you do, it's like an 18-year-old randomly messaging yeah. you. But the 50 that got back to me was instrumental. The 50 that got back to me allowed me to start volunteering. Again, my expectation was I would volunteer for an hour or two mm. per week. Even if I have to hold a can to collect money and collect donations, mm. I'd do it because I need to do something. And so I started volunteering. And as you, as you can tell, I was a big resume stacker <laughs> because for me, it was like, make it that's make cool. It, like I'm doing awesome. <laughs> that, that for me was yeah. success. Like even, I don't even know some of the roles yeah. I did. It was just 
Can I put it on my resume? Yeah, fair enough, man. <laughs> like, I don't recommend that at all. It was just look, man. This is a, this is a common plan my way of, of thinking uh, of us because, like, I feel like, um, for example, I wasn't born here. I also moved as a migrant to Australia, and like, mm. it's difficult navigating your way around if your parents are not working in the industry, for example, or if you don't have relatives who are already professionals, so they can give recommendations of doing X, Y, and Z. So it's really that kind of resume stacking and I can definitely res- resonate with that because yeah. that's that's what I tried to do as well. And to be honest, it worked. Um, you just got to be, I guess, confident and believe in yourself and do what you got to do to to get there. And, you know, sometimes it's uh, faking it till you're making it, right? So, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Honestly, I think it's still faking it till you make it. I think that's, that's the philosophy of life. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I sent so many emails, started doing more volunteering and again stacking my resume like if you look at my linkedin it's like like random things in complete different industries but i was just doing it and so did that for about a year and then the first thing in my life that ever happened was somebody offered me a gig at a public speaking event so it was on a panel at anu and i was like i've never done any form of public speaking before i might have done like a speech or two at school but i've never done anything this was uh, mid 2020 so right before sort of the pandemic hit and changed everything that was like the last in-person event and i was like okay let me do it i'm afraid but this is what i want to do to be you know influential that was my goal you know i wanted to matter to some someone and so i did that and to me to this very experience of my life it was horrible i i think i <laughs> drank more water than i spoke on the panel oh my god that's how bad it was. yeah that dry mouth and- sensation i guess that dry mouth, my legs were shaking, my heart rate was pounding. And I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. <laughs> and as the story goes, I was like, this is horrible. I'm never going to do it ever again. One of the people in the audience came came out to me afterwards. And again, I was like 19 at this time. They came out to me and they put their arms around me and said, hey, that was really good. Would you want to do this again? Oh. And in my head, I was like, I was horrible. Mm. Why would you ever even ask me that? They were like, no, no, this was awesome. You know, you're young. We need more young voices. Mm-hmm. We need more people that look like you, speak like you. Mm-hmm. We need representation. Yeah. And at that moment, something clicked in me. Like, I don't know what it was. It Something clicked in me where I was like, this is what I wanted to be. It wasn't being influential. It was representation. Mm. Because as you would relate, as anyone growing up in this country, being a person of color, being you know a Muslim, you can't be what you can't see. And growing up, other than my parents, I had no role models. Hmm. There was literally nobody that looked like me. My role models were literally like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, <laughs> that's the posters I had on my wall. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's as far as my role models went. Because nobody in my community. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as it went. And I'm a massive Manchester United fan, so as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, Great loss, yeah. but somewhat I Let's not talk not. about that. That's a different podcast. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- so that was... The changing point for me in terms of I just wanted to do more and got more involved in the youth advocacy space. So I sort of honed in on the volunteering I was doing, started doing more advocacy. So things that I really cared about, like education, Mm. um, employment, healthcare, diversity, Mm. and just did a lot of that, you know, sort of made a name for myself in the sense of, you know, I was doing a lot of media gigs, um, you know, I was on TV, just putting myself out of my comfort zone to see what happens. Um, and then 
the pandemic hit <laughs> and everything went 180 for all of us and yeah uh, yeah i think i found myself in a, another miserable position where i was just like so much was happening there was so much momentum alhamdulillah and then out of nowhere nothing everything has crashed mm. and i say this very openly 2021 was i say the darkest year of my life mm. in the sense that i felt like everything was going to plan mm. everything shattered mm. we were stuck at home you know we'd open the tv and there's like police with dogs walking around southwest sydney and it felt horrible yeah. and i remember making just just waking up and thinking i've made such bad decisions i started regretting life all my decisions all that mm. and yeah so that's what it was and then alhamdulillah we all got out of it um you know out of lockdown and then i told myself and this is where the entrepreneurship journey comes through this is what i told myself is there's one thing that i've always wanted to do and that is have my own business <laughs> I've never had the courage. I've never had the business background. Mm. I don't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a shot. And so that's where, as you heard from the introduction, that's where Breathe was born. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, what kind of business could I possibly start? What do I actually care about that I'd spend long nights and long mornings? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could come up with is public speaking. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was public speaking is because I've never felt like I had a voice growing up. Now I found my voice. I want to give that voice to someone else, to another young person of color, mm-hmm. to another, you know, person from a marginalized community, someone else who doesn't have the high self-esteem that I once had. I want to give that to someone else. And so I'd say from November to February is when I started planning everything. I was like, let me watch videos on YouTube. <laughs> let me get my MBA from YouTube. <laughs> As I watched a lot of TikToks on oh, yeah. how to start a business. Is yeah, why TikToks? not? Oh, my God. I'm so out of touch. <laughs> There's proper like <laughs> well, startup setups on TikTok. Maybe we should start getting on TikTok. Uh, well, let America. me tell you the story. Okay, let me tell you the story. Ahead, well, go ahead. This is interesting so now. I started Breathe and it was just me, obviously, okay. in this room. This is my, my parents' home or my home, you know, South Asian. You can't say parents' home. My home. Um, <laughs> it started here. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I've got a brand logo. I've got a website. Awesome. How do I get clients? How do I get people to pay me to do this business? And so I was like, YouTube, right? I, I can make YouTube videos. People make money from YouTube. But then I was like, I am hopeless at videography. I don't know how to edit. Too much time. And then TikTok blew up. And I was like, TikTok is like six, seven second videos. I can do that on Just a weekend. <laughs> Just what I need. Like, like that. I can make 10 videos in one hour. Yeah. But that's where I started TikTok. I started posting content with my face. Things like three ways to get over stutter. Or here's a tongue twister that helps you overcome, um, you know, your pronunciation or enunciations. Or here's three ways to be more confident and, on stage. How was that? Like, how did you feel? Because it's, it's a bit awkward sometimes seeing your face on camera just as I see myself right now, which I'd rather not. But um, how did you get over, uh, over that? And did you, did you have some experience prior to that? Or did you just, you know, feel like, I, I guess this is the time to do it. And, um, you know, this is how I can connect to most people as possible. So let's just make it happen. To put it bluntly, I hated it every single time. <laughs> I found it so cringe. I don't like my voice. Yeah. I don't like how I look in front of video as, as, as 99% of the population. Yeah. I hated it. I genuinely hated it. Mm-hmm. But I knew if I wanted to achieve this goal, 
let me just give it a shot. Mm. That's what I kept reminding myself. Mm. Um, and then I did TikTok for three months. Mm-hmm. So three months since the launch of Breathe in April. Uh, and that account went to 15,000 followers and over 380,000 likes or whatever that metric is. Yeah. And three videos hit like, I remember one video I woke up, it was a, probably my worst video. It was just a, a, a video of my face, yeah. seven seconds, with me pointing to the screen of a tongue twister. Okay. That's it. It was a random tongue twister I found, I think, on Reddit or on Google. Yeah. That hit 2.8 million views. Holy moly. And I was like, who is watching first and foremost? And second of all, this is ridiculous. And then I started getting inboxes um, through TikTok, but also I linked my Instagram and email through my account. And people started emailing me. Do you do school workshops? Do you do corporates? Do you do one-on-one coaching? And for me, being the one person, I was like, I don't, but I can. Mm. And so that's where the entrepreneurial journey started. All our programs, workshops, anything that I I did through Breathe Mm. came from people wanting it. I had no plan or anything. It was just making it up as I went by. And that was it. That was like what I kept doing. We started doing schools, universities. Um, we did a we did Sydney Children's Hospital. Did we taught know, a lot like, of um, getting some people on board as well, or was it still? Yeah, just so I mean, the entirety of Breathe, there were myself and two casual facilitators. Okay. So I was doing most of it. Yeah, the facilitators were phenomenal, mm. but they were based in Melbourne. So whenever there was a Melbourne gig, I would say, "Hey, <laughs> I can't make it. <laughs> Can, Can you please do work for me? Too? Otherwise, I'd be flying." Fantastic. I think in 2022, I had close to 70 flights oh, entire year, wow. which. For the body is really bad. Yeah. I don't recommend. I know. Um, and yeah, so we just kept doing that. Did a TED talk around breathe and why I started breathe. That you know led to a lot of business clients. All that. Mm. And then yeah, out of nowhere, had a chat with the ASC group. Yes. In I believe. Like, like how did that happen? So right now, I I guess you are you're facilitating um, different sessions, public speaking events, workshops, mm. etc. At um, schools and organization and corporates i assume as well yeah i mean uh, we did all the way from schools to 40 year old ceos from the big four like i was in rooms where i i would go to the bathroom and say why am i here how am i here and i'd wash my face and i just leave the bathroom and continue the workshop or the training and and you had um fifteen thousand followers on tiktok and that's where you got your garnered your your um following i guess so like what about the other platforms was it anything did you, you know, try to do some strategies on LinkedIn or Instagram? Did you do that kind of simultaneously? But TikTok was kind of the main thing. Yeah, so TikTok was the main thing. I tried Instagram, mm. hopeless. Mm. In, I, I think mean, Instagram it's, nowadays it's just reposted TikTok yeah. uh, videos anyway, <laughs> which I didn't do. I did not I repost any of my TikToks. Okay. Yeah, I missed yeah. out on that. Um, and so Instagram, I think it reached like two hundred followers max, which is okay. horrible. Okay. LinkedIn was fantastic. I think I had, I already had a lot of contacts and yeah. a bit of a following through my youth advocacy journey. Mm. And so every time I'd post something I did on Breathe or the announcement, people would DM me through there mm. of, hey, we saw that on LinkedIn. Awesome. We have this leadership retreat. Mm. Can you come down? Can we fly you out? Okay. And I was like, sure. <laughs> my calendar's open. Yeah. So it was more so just opportunities, yeah, um, creating opportunities, putting myself out there as much as I can. Right. Um, so yeah, that was what Breathe was happening. And it was just me going out there whenever there's opportunities. I think our facilitators did about three okay. um, facilitations. So it wasn't a lot, but they were phenomenal. Yeah. Like I would trust them with any of my branding, 
or representation of the company because they were incredible. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like setting up the the company and everything, you did that all in in that very bedroom you were sitting in. So I guess, like the- I said, I got my MBA from my YouTube. From YouTube. <laughs> if you look at my like videos on my you know, YouTube, account, how to design a logo. <laughs> it sounds horrible, yeah. but it's the truth. Literally, like, yeah. how do what's an ABN? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I had to but search to it honest, up Google. You know what? It's it's it's. When you sit there at 1 a.m. researching something uh, that you're interested in, like what better thing is there really? Like um, if it if it's gotten you to that point where you're staying up late to do that research and put in that energy, like that is that's such a rewarding feeling that you can actually do that, make money from it and um, get to do what you really enjoy. So like what's better than that? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have, like... I loved every bit of it. Mm. Like it was exhausting. Mm. I've still got bags under my eyes from the, that experience. But for me, it was like my baby, mm. right? It, Breathe was my baby. I created it from, again, this room mm. at home. Everything I did was like I was creating progress. Mm. And that idea gave me a lot of adrenaline, mm. a lot of excitement. That every time I get an email, that excitement would, you know, mm. just be incredible. So, it was yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, beautiful. And then... I guess that journey continued and alhamdulillah, it sounds like it was successful and was giving you, uh, you know, um, satisfaction in terms of, you know, achieving that goal of starting your first business and doing the things you enjoy. So, how did we get to, um, you know, the AC group contacting you and saying, give me that, (laughs) you know, um, what happened there? Yeah, I mean, I honestly to this very day still haven't processed any of it um, because it's just so overwhelming and yeah. But basically, as you do, I was doing a lot of outreach Mm -hmm. in terms of, hey, we'd love to collaborate, we'd love to work together. And I also sent the ASE group, the Australian School of Entrepreneurship, an email when I think it was in May. So very early on, sent them an email about, hey, we'd love to collaborate if anything pops up. Mm. Didn't get back to me. So I... (laughs) So I um, DM'd the founder, Taj, on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, we'd love to jump on a call to discuss if there's any way we can collaborate. Got back to me. We jumped on a call. And the entire meeting, you can come down and do like an hour public speaking mm. session or, or a workshop. I was like, amazing. This is the best thing that could ever happen. Mm. Absolutely. Would love to collaborate in that sense. That was it. I was doing a lot. We did some things with Canva. We did some things with the Children's Hospital, Sydney Children's Hospital, some other corporates. And then they reached out again jumped on another call again it was really every time we jumped on a call it was just it just felt right like a lot of good conversations a lot of we were just very like-minded and then i get a rend i think i went to melbourne to do something with um, tedx melbourne high school mm-hmm. we did we sort of sponsored that event uh, did a few things there came back down and i got a message from from taj who is the founder and he's like you would make a fabulous CEO at ASC. What would it take for you to do Breathe under the ASC? Especially with my bedroom MBA. <laughs> nobody, knew, nobody knew that. And I wouldn't tell him that. That this operation is in, the, in, in this bedroom. The operation center in the heart um, of Sydney. <laughs> I mean, now he knows. But back then, I think I conveyed it so beautifully. Well, well done, mate. Oh, mashallah. But yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, just thinking about it. Like, this is incredible. Like... I didn't want to sell the company or anything mm. like that because I'm the type of person that even if I have a large sum of money, 
I would still want to work. I'm a workaholic. I love my work. Mm. And so when he mentioned that, I was like, would I regret this if I said no in 10 years time? Mm. Inshallah, if I was to live that long, would I regret saying no? Mm-hmm. And everything in my brain, in my head, I did, uh, you know, you know, wrote my things down, pros and cons. Everything said yes. Mm. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. How do I say no? Mm. And so, yeah, it was just a no-brainer. We jumped on a few more calls. We in, and yeah, just that energy, which was back and forth. And it was like, this was meant to be. And so, Breathe got acquired now. Um, and everything that Breathe had, all the workshops, programs, ideas, connections, it's all under the ASC. My identity went from Breathe to now fully ASC. Mm. Mm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the ASC and what your role is and what the organization does actually so um, we can contextualize that uh, acquisition a bit better as well yeah absolutely so the ASC uh, for the audience is the Australian School of Entrepreneurship so the ASC is Australia's largest youth innovation and entrepreneurship provider so we work with about 180,000 young Aussies every single year when I say young it's, it's usually three and a half so three and a half years old all the way to about 30 so teaching that age bracket life skills so things like public speaking things like financial literacy how to start a business technology stem all of that falls under the school of entrepreneurship how do we do that we do it in a form of workshops programs as as i would do in breathe but we see much more categories than exclusively public speaking we have events so we have our young entrepreneur summit so we do that in every single city across australia it's 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 like ted talks but for entrepreneurs um, and we've got an online education platform, which, you know, has all our modules, content, basically online ed. And we're also building a curriculum for Australian schools all around entrepreneurship. So a kid in high school can learn science, maths, English, but also entrepreneurship um, this coming year. So that's what the ASC does. Breathe was exclusively public speaking. So I did nothing but public speaking. Public speaking and leadership, public speaking and communication but the crux of it was just public speaking. Whereas ASE is what an entrepreneurship needs. And as we know, entrepreneurship needs a lot of things. It needs all the way from technology, um, diversity, inclusion, all of these things. So I was a very small sort of very small fish. I was playing in a pond, but I always want to be a specialty. And so ASE does everything. And so I was able to sort of come into a, a team and a community where I was able to do everything I wanted to do, but at a scaled up version where it wasn't just public speaking, but it was everything an entrepreneur needs. And for me, it was like overwhelming at first, but I was just like, this is awesome. I want more of this. And um, obviously stepping from, you know, being a director or founder of Breathe into now being the CEO of this large organization, which um, has people working under it and has so many projects. Um, there's some similarities there, um, but you've only done it for a few months with Breathe. So how did you, how are you, how are you going? Like, how did you transition into that, <laughs> into that role? How are you going? Yeah, I mean, Breathe was up for about six months before it got acquired. And now I've been in the role at ASE for four months now. How is it going? I think, to put it bluntly, the first three months last year was a massive learning curve. You know, I've never worked in a team the size of ASE. I've never been in a proper CEO role. Like Breathe, I was obviously founder and CEO, but to who? Yeah. <laughs> to myself and to casuals, you know what I mean? 
now we've got full-time staff. We've got casuals or facilitators all across the country, nationwide. And so I definitely made a lot of mistakes. I was definitely, I think at the beginning, I was just trying to prove myself way too much. I was just like, I just turned 22. I'm the CEO now. I have a massive question mark on my forehead. What do I do? And so it was, I was just trying too hard. Honestly, the crux of my struggle at the beginning of adjusting was I was trying too hard. I was trying to be someone I wasn't. And I think month three is when I sort of took a bit of a step back and I was like, what type of leader do I want to be? And that made it easier. When I started asking more questions, when I started praying more, when I started journaling more, when I started just taking care of myself more, things became much easier. And now we, we started my fourth month at the, in this role, January it's been one of the best months I've had, alhamdulillah, in my life in terms of business, in terms of my, you know, my mental health because I'm taking care of myself more. And that's the main thing I've realized is, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs in this journey in the four months, but it's been incredibly rewarding. And I'm just so excited because even when there are adversities and we, trust me, it's been what, three weeks in 2023? There's been everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Everything that can go right has gone right. But I've been able to bounce yeah. back from it because of things that I've learned throughout the journey, throughout my advocacy journey, throughout school, my parents, my support system. Yeah, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a roller coaster, but I love it. Like I would not trade this hectic, crazy lifestyle for anything. It's what keeps me on my toes. Yeah, may Allah put... Um... Baraka and success in your path as as he has uh, mashallah it's it's so um nice to see and uh, very very inspiring uh, to you know see someone go after their dreams and um, do the things that they enjoy the most and um i think it was one of your posts on linkedin and it was something about you know the definition of success and you said very, something very interesting. I think it was about, you know, success is, you know, ending the day, feeling you've done something that you um, connect with, that you feel proud of, that you feel like you've been productive, um, not productive in a toxic way where, you know, <laughs> I've built five hours mm-hmm. or seven hours, um, but feeling something you've, you're proud of. Um, you know, how, how did you come to that conclusion? Because it's, it's such a great insight. I, I resonated that, with that quite a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, for me, like like I said at the beginning, my definition of success success has changed a lot through life experiences. When I was in high school, it was get a good degree, get good marks, get married, that's it, you've made it. <laughs> and then I go to university and realize, oh, no, I need more skills than that. Success is, quote, unquote, status or power or mm. influence, as I used to call it. And I think, obviously... I'm like I'm 22 now. Obviously, I don't have all the life experiences, but <laughs> what I've learned at my age, <laughs> what I've learned, like for me, what makes me happiest in terms of where I feel like I'm, what what I should be doing, what I feel is purposeful, is when I can log off this computer or my work laptop or wherever I am, when I can log off, and feel like, alhamdulillah, I did the best I could. There's tomorrow. What I did today, that's enough. That's it. That fulfillment, that word is the most important thing to me. That I can just sit back and say, okay, I worked hard. I may not have gotten everything that I wanted to do. There may have been failures. There may have been wins, but I've done the best that I can. That to me Mm. is success. That to me is fulfillment because things change like this. 
you know, one day you, everything can be going well for you. The next day you're on your knees and you're just like, what has just happened? And I think I've felt that a lot during the pandemic, during lockdowns where I've just felt awesome one day and the next day, you know, there's lockdowns or something happens and I'm just like, this is horrible. And so I think if we have more fulfillment, that's for me success because I can bounce back from anything if I feel fulfilled. Mm. Yeah, so. Is there like, you know, everybody has some something that they rely on to, you know, make them make them feel um, grounded or connected with are there people in your life where you're like without these people i couldn't have done any of this which of course there is um uh, but is there something you know in your daily routine where you're like this is something that i need to do this is something that this is a person i need to speak with this is you know um my grounding method of keeping me sane and you know, whether it's a mentor, whether it's your parents or anything like that. Is, do you have any, you know, secret to your success or like um, some technique that, you know, maybe others can use? I think obviously people with the obvious answers, my parents, yeah. like my mom especially is my rock in terms of who I am, my values, why I do what I do. The obvious answer. Mm-hmm. I am nothing without this woman. Um, and obviously support system. But in terms of what's helped me and as a routine mm-hmm. basis... Something that I picked up during lockdown. So during lockdown, we were allowed outside for one hour. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the same where you were, but in Sydney, in Southwest Sydney, we were allowed for one hour for a walk. And that was the habit that I picked up, going for a walk for one hour. To this very day, there has not been a single day in the last two years since lockdown lifted Mm. that I have not gone for a walk for one hour. And every time I go for a walk, in my ear, I'd play Nasheed's. I some sort of... Something that can benefit me. Even when I'm flying, for example, I never work on planes. Mm-hmm. I make a rule I never work on planes. If you look at my Spotify playlist, my Wrapped, uh, 2022 Wrapped, it's Mahazane. It's, <laughs> you know, it's Nasheed's that, Beautiful. like Harris J. Like, it's embarrassing, <laughs> but these are the things I play oh, because... Sometimes, sometimes they hit well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're flying yeah. so much, it's like, it's, when you repeat yeah. it and you're like, you just see the clouds and mm. you see how beautiful the world is. Some... I don't know. It's just something that puts me in that frame of mind. So I go for a walk every single day. It's a non-negotiable. Beautiful. Where I play something that I can just zone out and think about and just be more grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when I fly a lot, I just take a seat, seat back. I don't have any phone on me or anything. I just take my headphones and just listen to something. Mm. That's been incredible for me. Beautiful. Like just to zone out because... When you're a founder, I'm sure a lot of people relate or an entrepreneur, you're always around people. There's always a meeting. There's always something to do. There's always an email that pops up. Mm-hmm. You never have time for yourself. For me, it used to be the gym. Mm-hmm. So when I was like 18, 19, I'm, I, was, you know, I loved the gym because it's one hour for myself. Yeah. But now it's become going for walks. I still go to the gym in the mornings, yeah. but going for walks has been revolutionary for me. I, I actually can't agree more. Like Lockdown, obviously, there was a lot of uh, dark days and... Uh, you know, you'd rather not be in that position. But alhamdulillah, there was certainly a lot of things that I personally also picked up from lockdown that I continue to this day, which um, I'm very grateful for. And one of them is really going for walks. Like uh, me and my wife, we, we love to go for a walk. We go to Lake Burley Griffin, do a little stroll mm-hmm. there. Um, sometimes there's a bit too many bugs <laughs> at night. <laughs> Like last week, we went around, mate, we were like enveloped (laughs) by bugs. But yeah, walks is one of those things. And I think there's a, um, 
a verse in the Quran. Uh, it says, I can't remember it specifically, but relating to, um, you know, the, the, the servants of the uh, merciful are those who walk upon the earth lightly. Um, and when the, uh, when the ignorant address them, they say peace, they say salam. And there's something that just resonated with what you were saying, because, you know, uh, walking is different to gym. Like, I love going to the gym as well. But in the gym, you try to get yourself hype, right? So I'm <laughs> listening to like crazy music, yeah. trying to pump out, you know, as many uh, reps as I can. But walking is one of those <clears throat> things that also helped me ground quite a lot. And just on the flip side of that, um, you know, what, what has been, you know, to, in your journey so far, what has been the most challenging thing for you? Is there something that, you know, you really, really needed to address at some point and say, okay, this, this thing, I need to get over this and move on. Uh, or is there something that was extremely challenging that got you to where you are today and, you know, polish you up, or it could be still ongoing today um, that you want to share? Yeah, my biggest challenge, and I'm sure every single person listening to this will relate to it, massive imposter syndrome. Mm. You know, I, I'm 22. I, again, acknowledge very openly I don't have all the life experience because of my age. And I think walking into a lot of rooms, especially like corporates, a lot of established people, a lot of people worth like 100, 200, 300 million dollars, I had severe imposter syndrome as to how I have the letter CEO on my name tag and they have it as well. How are we in the same room? Yeah. You know, like Alhamdulillah, ASC is a big company, mm. you know, re revenue wise, fantastic, phenomenal. But a lot of me was just like, why am I there? Mm -hmm. Why do I have those three letters? Mm -hmm. I'm just 22. Mm -hmm. And that was again, the first three months where I just went through a lot of like, why am I here? Should I be here? Someone else should do this. Mm -hmm. Just that imposter syndrome mm -hmm. of just in that really bad mindset because I was overwhelmed mm -hmm. more than, it wasn't because I didn't have confidence. I have a lot of confidence in myself, in my ability. But it's just, I was so overwhelmed with so many thoughts at once. To this very day, I still get instances where, you know, I recently came back from America. I spoke at a conference in Michigan. Youngest person, you know, South Asian, as you can imagine, American demographic is very different. I was very frightened. The whole 16-hour flight, I was like, am I actually going? Like, <laughs> am I actually going to speak to these people? A lot of imposter syndrome. But when I went there, it was... One of the best experiences of my life. Beautiful. People were so nice. People resonated incredibly. Some of the best business opportunities came from there. But it was just, I had to get over the hurdle. So biggest challenge is imposter syndrome. Have I overcome it? Yes and no. I'm still overcoming mm. it. But it's something that makes us more mm. human. I don't think we ever overcome imposter syndrome. It's just how we manage it really well. I can imagine along your journey, there have been a lot, of, a lot of people who've, um, you know, have given advice or even unsolicited advice what, what was the best advice you got along the way and what was the worst advice you got <laughs> so <laughs> i mean the best advice that i've ever gotten was probably the most simplest most simple advice i've ever received was follow the fun <laughs> follow the fun if you enjoy something you will do more of that if you have fun doing something, you will spend long nights, early mornings, you will hustle. And that's what I found. I love public speaking. I enjoy it a lot. I hustled a lot. I still I still hustle because I find it fun. So if you enjoy doing something, follow it. 
If you don't enjoy it, make it fun. <laughs> There's always a narrative you can create and say, hey, I don't like accounting, but I am a superhero and I'm trying to overcome numbers <laughs> who are the villain. Anything you make fun and enjoyable, even if it's in your own head, nobody else has to know. It makes life much easier. And so follow the fun. If not, create your own fun. Worst piece of advice that I received was at uni. <laughs> and the, this advice, again, it's it's not like not to discredit the person, but it's the advice a lot of us hear at a young age, but it was just something that I wasn't something that I wanted to hear at that age. Um, it was just act your age. Act your age. I think I was, what, 19, 20? And in the Western culture, what does a 19, 20-year-old do? Typically, it's, you know, party. It's getting into relationships, all these yeah. things. I was kept, to- I, was, I was told that ridiculously. Act your age. Go with the flow. You're young. And I was like, what's that mean? Like, I've always been the type of person that I want to use my youth because I've got energy. If I don't have energy when I'm... But don't use this energy now. When will I? You know, and... So that was the worst piece of advice I've received. Act your age. I remember going back home. And I'm like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> by not my age? Like, what am I doing? Not acting yeah. my age. Um, so yeah, alhamdulillah, I didn't listen. To, I did not listen to that. Then um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I still, you know, I'm, I still act like a 22 year old yeah. sometimes. You know, I have fun. I crack jokes with my high school friends. Still, I've got that, but it's just like, it's just the other side of it of yeah. the negatives that a lot of people say. Oh, just enjoy it. Just enjoy. It. No. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, uh, you know, final thoughts, I wish we had, you know, plenty more time to chat together today. But in terms of final thoughts, um, is is there anything that you wish you knew before you started your business journey that um, you would like to pass on to your to your um, past self? Yeah, absolutely. I think the main thing is. Nobody has it figured out. <laughs> Every single person, no matter how successful they are, they are still trying to figure it out. That's the main thing. You know, I am very, alhamdulillah, very honored to be in a lot of rooms, a lot of, you know, meetings, a lot of conversations with people who, you know, m- most of society would deem incredibly successful, incredibly, you know, phenomenal as human beings. And I've had a lot of, you know, vulnerable conversations with them. And after those conversations, the main thing I said to myself, huh, they're actually just human. They're actually just human beings trying to figure it out. We think, you know, through social media, through how they're portrayed, through their really good PR agents, <laughs> that they're these, you know, really awesome, you know, unfathomable, superstars, you know, infallible yeah. human beings. Yeah, superstars, rock stars. <laughs> they can't make a mistake. They know everything. When you actually have one conversation with them, you realize oh, wait, they're incredibly socially awkward. They don't know how to talk to mm-hmm. anyone. Their eye contact is yeah. wavering all the time. Their assistant's doing everything. And so, not everyone does, everyone's making it up as they go. Nobody's got everything figured out. Some people are very talented. Some people are very lucky, you know, have these awesome things that they've got going on. But the reality is everyone's figuring it out. And the more you drop your expectations and do your best... Mm. In, in what you can do and amplify your strengths instead of focusing on your weaknesses mm. and comparing, it just makes life more fulfilling more than anything. Because again, we put so many people on pedestals, so many things on pedestals, mm. but the reality is we're all human 
some people do it really well because they've been doing it for a longer period of time. As we often discover on this Muslim Entrepreneurs um, series, the best um, business advice is also applicable to life. So whatever it is, whether it's your career, whether it's your business, whether it's your um, aspiration spiritually, uh, you know, academically, it, it, it's really true. At the end of the day, um, those people you look up to, they're just human, obviously. And they had a journey and they had a path and uh, look at their path, see what they've done right, see what they've done wrong and, you know, uh, match yourself and find your own find your own pathway and, uh, and journey. Look, Jahin, uh, thank you so much for your time today. It was really a pleasure learning about you and your entrepreneurial journey. And um, thank you, everybody, for joining in today as well. If you want to learn more about Jahin Tanvir and uh, his work at the um, Australian School of Entrepreneurship, uh, check out his LinkedIn, check out his Instagram, and also check out the Australian School of Entrepreneurship um, on, their, on their socials. If you would like to stay up to date with the happenings at uh, Mecca Collective and support this initiative, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us across our social media accounts, especially LinkedIn, where we share some uh, interesting insights about uh, startup journeys, business, and um, all things related to that. Again, Jahin, thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time with uh, Mecca Collective. We'd love to have you on uh, again at some stage in the future to discuss uh, a lot more that is on your bio and hopefully by that time your bio won't be uh, excessively bigger but yeah thank you so much for your time and uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah thank you so much for having me wa alaikum assalam